This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 9th, episode 2515, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, Horse World. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today. We are going to have our horse nutrition podcast health report with Dr. Jones, and she's going to try to help us figure out which leg or horse is lame on. Sometimes there's more than one. We'll ask her about that too. Also, we're going to meet the people in charge of the amazing products at Equiderma, Bethany and Tim, and hear how they kind of came to be. And, um, you know, we're all just surviving the apocalypse. So I'm going to bring you some weird news just to entertain you. There's it's actually good news for one town I'll tell you all about it. It'll be great. All right. Sounds good. A couple things before we get started with our daily winnies is I, I had a number of our listeners and auditors reach out mm. to us yesterday from the West Coast, and I noticed a bunch posting this morning. Oh, the fires are unbelievable out there. Um, there's hundreds of them. And, uh, you know, we had several of our listeners reach out yesterday that had to evacuate with the horses. One, it came up so quick that they were told to get out, didn't even have time to take their horses, but they managed to get back later in the day and get the horses out. So we've been following all of this yesterday. Uh, this morning, a bunch of our auditors and listeners have posted that they're getting ready to evacuate in an evacuation zones. And we have so many listeners up in California, but also in Oregon and Washington state and the fires up there are getting really bad. Uh, so, you know, our, our prayers are with all of you. Uh, we're thinking about you guys. If there's anything that we can do to help, you know, using the, the listeners here at the horse radio network, reach out to us and we'll do what we can, but, uh, stay safe out there. You know, three years ago today, we were at Charlotte's house because Hurricane Irma was going to hit. So we evacuated our horses out three years ago today. And I remember that very clearly because remember how we couldn't get gas anywhere? Gas was completely gone in Florida. Gosh, so, I forgot about that. So we had to get gas. We waited two hours in line for gas so we could run the horses back and forth. And uh, we I saw a picture on my timeline today of us with uh, Charlotte and her mom over there at their place. So we were getting ready and Irma hit on the 10th. Uh, so yeah, that was, that's a memory still fresh in all of our minds here in Florida. And then 9-11 is on Friday. Um, we did a special years back on 9-11 that I play every year and I'll put that out on the feed here for horses in the morning. Uh, but that's also on Friday. Um, just so many things popping up today. I thought August sucked, but I think it's September that sucks. 
this year, I think the last six months are pretty much. <laughs> I think I think twenty twenty <laughs> sucks. <laughs> yeah, the whole year sucks. Uh, <sighs> something fun though that we saw uh, our landlord noticed this and said, "Go look at Google. Go look at Google Maps and do the satellite view." And I don't know if you've done that lately, but you go look at your house in the satellite view of Google Maps, and when you zoom in. Uh, they must have just taken a new satellite view of our house because in our arena behind the house, you see Jennifer riding her horse, driving Nigel and ponying Scooter. So, and she said, I can even see Scooter's getting a treat right there because he must have not done something. Pro- Scooter only gets treats when he doesn't do something bad. Uh, so, Wait, but it was. Jennifer's giving him treats? Oh my God, busted. <laughs> but Google you can Earth see the two of them there. Her. Isn't that cool that you could see them? Uh, and it must have been fairly recent because our new horse trailer was in the picture and it was definitely the new horse trailer. So. So go look up at your farm on on uh, Google Ooh, Satellite. This is before me. Oh, <laughs> I forgot is. how horrible this place looked. <laughs> Wait, there wasn't even a house, right? It was just land, right? Um, there was oh, the three house. structures. Yeah, there that. was that tiny home, the tiny nightmare I call it. Um, a metal shed and a metal like equipment shed and metal running shed. So there's three it buildings. Like neglected think- Oklahoma. I forgot how terrible the <laughs> fencing was. Oh my god, we've done so much work. I'm exhausted. You need to write to Google and ask them to update your. Uh, Can you please video. come back over? Because we've really made some changes. <laughs> yeah, it looks much nicer now. But I just thought it was cool that we could actually see see Jennifer riding. It's so cool. That's awesome. All right. Uh, let's. Oh, by the way, I do for some reason have a cold today. I don't know if it's allergies, real bad, or a cold or whatever. So I apologize for sniffling and snuffling all the way through the show. Okay, I was going to play immediately go into the birthday song, which is gone. Hold on. Here we go. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. (laughs) Well, happy birthday to Auditor Alex Hamilton, who posted a very nice promotion for our show this morning uh, on her Facebook page. Thank you to Alex. Lori Johnstone, uh, also her birthday. Happy birthday to Lori. And our own uh, Jemmy Lagonier. It's her birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, Jemmy. And Karen Chatton, of course, who was on yesterday for the Endurance episode. It's her birthday tomorrow as well. So happy birthday to all of them. I'm going to give my Daily Winnie appropriately using that sound effect to Kurt. That's right. Kurt has made it into this world. Kurt is a newborn Shavalsky's horse, a rare and endangered horse native. Glenn, how did you say Shavalsky? Przewalski. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he, it's an endangered horse and he has since successfully been cloned using genetic material that has been preserved for over 40 years. Here's what's cool about his birth. Uh, not that they said the article says it's exciting because not only is he very cute, his genetic vers- diversity could help save the species. Apparently because there's only like 2000 of them. Now, uh, the last scene Last one seen in the wild. I can't talk today. Sorry. The last one seen in the wild was 1969. So they're working really hard to keep the Shavalsky breed alive, but there's only 2000. So there's no genetic diversity. A little inbreeding there. Yeah. Kurt, let me tell you something, man. 
You're going to have a good life, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Your job is to spread your seed throughout the ladies around the land. So congratulations. They said uh, he is a really fractious and just a little bit, uh, you know, wild. So they're, they're super happy with him. He's successful. He's healthy. He's doing great. And, uh, he's got a a surrogate mother that, uh, he lives with. They live at the San Diego zoo. This, yeah, and this was a collaboration between the San Diego Zoo and the people at Viagen, who we've had on the show. Uh, years ago, we had the people from Viagen on the show and, and talking about cloning and things. And so he was born in Texas at their facility. And I don't know, I, I assume they didn't charge the zoo for this. It's normally like $100,000 to do this. Uh, but good for them. And uh, he's going to have a job. He'll have a jo- He will not be neutered. He will not. Don't geld that. (laughs) No, they're not going to do that. That's going to be something they're going to put off. Spay, neuter, and geld. Almost everything. (laughs) I want to hear about some of the horses that you have in training. We haven't done that lately. But first, I wanted to tell everybody that that I wondered how much the Kentucky Derby was going to be down money-wise, being that there were no fans. There's usually, what, 150,000 people. And I went looking it up, and apparently they were their handle, the amount being bet on the race, was down 49%. My gosh. Almost 50%. And, you know, they have said that the handle at all tracks across the country has been up. People have been betting more at home, but apparently because so many people descend on the Kentucky Derby and they all bet a lot while they're there because they're all drunk, uh, they didn't have that. Uh, I tried to look for how much they lost on sales of mint juleps and alcohol because that's probably (sighs) even bigger than the wagering. Um, (laughs) I couldn't find that information, but can you imagine how much they lost on alcohol sales alone on 150,000 people hanging out for an entire day? The whole world is suffering right now with this whole nonsense. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I didn't bet this year and I'll tell you why I didn't bet because it was just weird. It's September and I'm watching the Kentucky Derby. I wasn't in my usual like springtime, you know, download the app that I'm going to have to delete tomorrow. So Chad doesn't see it. Um, and then do my (laughs) betting and stuff. I, I just, I didn't do it this year. And it was almost like, oh yeah, the Derby's on. Turn it on. You know, we yeah, got turned on about 20 minutes before true. race. That is true. That's what we did, too. It was like, oh, it's Derby Day. <laughs> uh, but you're right. I mean, it, it, and there wasn't even as much excitement about the Triple Crown because it wasn't in the right order. It just didn't seem right. Like all of 2020, it just didn't seem right. Yeah, but yeah, that was uh, so down 50%. That's a large number. You know, they said, of course, in the press release, they said they were happy with it and we're happy with it and we're happy with it. But I don't think. They- Please don't fire me. We're happy with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's somebody trying to save their job. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on with the horses? Do you have a new ones or what's the story? Yeah, well, if you remember on Monday, I talked to, you know, as you do, talked to Monty Roberts about a horse that I had in training. And it was a horse that is a horse still here. Um, that was a bit of a bully. And I, I, you know, it's a horse that was the, these people got when it was six months old and they've raised it at their house and now he's three and they've decided to send him to a trainer to to start something done here. 
Yeah. So, and, and he, he's loved on by this teenage girl. He hasn't seen many other humans. He only has been raised around the like older horses that they have. And so he came here and I'm sure it was a heck of a shock kind of like being loaded, you know, from probably the first time and being brought out here. Uh, so he unloaded and, and the first morning I went to get him before the show, before we had Monty on, they told me sometimes, and thank God they told me, because nobody ever tells me all the bad things about their horses. They were like, sometimes if he doesn't want to do something, you put the halter on, you pull him forward, and he'll rear. Well, that was an understatement. At least they told me, though, because I put the halter on him, and he's like, no, I'm not going with you. Not going to happen. First, it took me forever to even get the halter on him, Caught, brought him in. He must have reared 15. 40 times. I'm not going to exaggerate. I'm not say 50, 40 times to go by basically 25 feet. Just every, every time I pulled the halter, he would rear and strike and just really, really Jeez. naughty. And then after we talked to Monty, I went to catch him again and I couldn't catch him. It took me two tries and over an hour and he was in my arena. Okay. It turned out in the arena, which is by the road. I put them by the road so they can see the cars and all this. He, I couldn't catch him. I was like, what the heck am I going to do now? So Chad is like shaking a bucket of grain and I'm like got a halter right over the nose part of the grain. And I finally like catch him real quick, you know, with that and, um, bring him in. I'm like, Oh God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I take him, uh, I, I somehow get the dually halter switched on him as opposed you know, put the other halter around his neck, get the dually halter on and I get him out to the round pin. Cause that's what Monty said. Here's a dually. <clears throat> yeah. Dually halter, you know, join up. Like he needs to just learn. Explain the dually halter for people that have. Okay. The, you guys, if you don't own one of these, you have to, it is just the most amazing piece of equipment ever. So it's a, it's a regular halter and there's a, a, a nylon piece that's underneath the regular nose band and it has a ring on both sides and it comes through. Google dually halter. If you don't, if I'm having a hard time explaining it. Uh, so you clip onto the ring and when you pull forward, it puts pressure on the nose. And when they come forward, the pressure is released. You know, when you put a chain through a horse's halter over their nose, when you pull on the chain, it, it puts pressure on the nose, but then the horse comes forward and the pressure doesn't release. It's still just a tight chain around their nose until you release it yourself. Well, this, this, uh, it's, it's instant learning. Um, and there's a ring on both sides. You can even ride them in this halter. It works by putting pressure on when they come forward, they come off of it, the pressure's released. <clears throat> and then when you, you can use it to back them up and they back up and the pressure's released when they back up. So it's a very instantaneous training piece of equipment. It does not hurt. It becomes uncomfortable with the tightening around their nose, but there's no pain involved. And so horses learn really quickly. When you add pain to training, they shut down, you know, they become, they want to fight. Well, this one, there's no pain, but it's an instant correction. Anyway, so I put the dually halter on them. I get him out to the arena, to the round pen. I put him in and I like actually just like let him go in there for a little bit. I was like, Oh God. Cause he would be, he became a little bit aggressive with me a couple of times. Cause he really didn't want to be caught. And he would in the stall, turn his butt to me, you know, and uh, turn like he was going to kick me, but he never tried to kick, but he was threatening. So I'd chase him around, you know, like send him to me, got him in the romp and I did a join up with him, which is for those who are unfamiliar with join ups, you are, you're basically becoming the herd leader 
and you're making them move their feet and you're sending them out around the round pen. And a horse's flight distance, like if a herd of horses sees something and they run away, they run about a quarter to three eighths of a mile. Well, in the round pen, we use a 50 foot round pen and you use that flight distance and you send them, you know, about five times in each direction is a quarter to three eighths of a mile. And so you send them around. And then the last time that they're making their way around the third time, because you start them out going clockwise and then you ask them to go counterclockwise. So they see both things with both eyes. And then you send them back around to the initial direction and you ask them, you're not asking them. They start to ask you, can I please come in? Cause clearly you are the one I want to be near. I don't want to be out here alone. I don't want to be out here f- with my flight. You know, I want to be near you. So the horses start to communicate in a way that, that they show four signs when they're ready to come in and join up with you. And it's by that inside ear will lock on you. The outside ear is paying attention to the rest of the world. The inside ear locks on you. They lick and chew they lower their head and they come off of the rail a little bit, be it a couple steps or they really circle small around you. And those are four signs that really let you know that they're ready. I mean, I let them break down to a walk when, when I'm doing that third lap, the third direction, the back to the original direction, you let them walk and they really start to communicate. And then when they get to the point where you're ready, not by the gate, but, uh, you ask them to, you just kind of like turn your shoulders and you become, when you're sending them away, your eyes on eyes, shoulders square, go away, go away. And then when you ask if you want them to come in, you turn your shoulders and drop your eye and they go, Oh my God, please. I really love you. I want to be with you. And he joined up like, Oh my God, thank God you're my best friend. I cannot believe the difference in this horse. I can now just walk up and just from doing that. So that was yes, uh, yesterday morning. And then after that, I took him back in, did the join up and this horse who has never had a, a surcingle, I never had a girth around his belly, never done anything. I was able to, on the second time, one join up and then join up again, I was able to get a surcingle on him. I was able to get the long lines on him and I long lined him around. It wasn't pretty. I mean, it's his first time he reared up a couple of times. He was a little bit fractious, you know, like he was all those things. But what's the amazing part is that after that long lining and after that drama and the rearing and the, I don't want to do it. Don't make me. Cause he's basically what Monty and I decided is just a big spoiled baby. And he's actually like 13 too. So it makes him even scarier because they're, he is I so don't know strong. anything about that. <laughs> he, well, he's, he's a quarter horse too. And he's like a, maybe almost a 14 hand quarter horse. And he is a tank yeah. and he has never had anybody tell him no. And he's never had any boundaries whatsoever. And so he really fought the boundaries. But then once I got him back into the middle and I untacked him, that horse followed me around like I was his best friend. So it was really, really exciting. I mean, I was, I was a little bit nervous because I'm like, please don't attack me. I was like, is this horse cast? I called the owners. I'm like, when was this horse castrated? Are you sure you got it all? (laughs) Hey, this is not normal behavior for a little gelding. And, uh, yeah, he was castrated at a reputable clinic up the road and, and, uh, it was just him being 
a little bit of a jerk. And after that, he is a different horse. So I'm really thrilled wow. with that and how far he's going to come. Um, because yeah, like I, I don't do stallions here and I don't do aggressive and I'll tell you why, because it's just me. <laughs> I, I don't have a the housing and facility for, for his, uh, stallions. Ask miles, the Andalusian I castrated the day he got here and I don't have, I can't do aggressive because it, I don't have the facility for that and I don't have the help for that. So I was a little bit nervous with him being super aggressive towards me. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was totally fine. Once he, once he was told that he is not in charge, that he is not the, the leader of the herd. I am. And I'm just blown away by how he has switched. It's like all that stuff works. Glenn. I was just going to say, it's like, it all works. It's like but all this know, stuff you've been studying for five years works. Yeah. It's weird, <laughs> but I get so many horses that, you know, I mean, I, I re have restarted a bunch of horses or started a bunch of horses, but most of them are restarts from the track. Well, and, and most so, of them have had some kind of human contact and, you know, yeah. 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 I mean, this horse isn't feral per se, but he's just really spoiled. So I'm sure we'll have some more challenges. I don't know anything about spoiled ponies. I nothing. <laughs> I know. I know. It's weird. <laughs> so I'm really thrilled with that. And then I've got another uh, mare here from Horse and Hound. So um, the, the other horse that I had last week, I took him back on Saturday and there was somebody waiting for him to adopt him. Well, because they had heard I was bringing him back to Horse and Hound, and they met me with their trailer. Huh. So I'm super thrilled for Uncle Pancho was adopted uh, on Saturday. So I just brought him a new mare, and um, we'll we'll see what happens with her. Cool. I you know uh, I I want to get to something else here quick, but uh, I'll ask you later on. I want to hear how your your brand new horse is doing uh, since his. We'll get, we'll we'll touch on that a little bit. Later. Oh, I can give you that real quick. Yeah, he's still detoxing from testosterone. <laughs> He's as, as soon as he, I have two mares here and they're not in the pasture with him, obviously, because he, he shoots live ones for uh, 30 days after castration. But after, um, cast after castration takes about six months and I mean, I, I can lead him around and groom him on all that stuff, but I'm not doing much with him. I'm just, because if a gelding walks by me, if a mare walks by, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, we're not done yet. <laughs> So we'll, well, there you yeah, go. The perfect. quick report. <laughs> quick report. He's still learning how to not be a jerk. <laughs> hey, I wanted to do a quick crappy list Wednesday. I saw this on Heels Down uh, magazine, and it's it's the seven reasons why equestrians would survive the apocalypse. And looking at this as a horse husband, it oh, it's so true. All of these things. So I who wrote this? Uh, I don't know who wrote it over on Heels Down, but uh, oh. Justine did, our own Justine, who hosts Heels Down Happy Hour. It had her kind of writing in it. Uh, she, uh, she said, we can MacGyver just about anything. So this is, uh, again, uh, why equestrians would survive the apocalypse. Yes, Baylor Twine duct tape, you're good to go. You, we, you know, you can fix anything with Baylor Twine, Baylor Twine and duct tape. Explain who MacGyver is to the young people God, listening who show, don't what, understand show, what MacGyver, MacGyver is. was on. It was a show about a guy who could who could pretty much get us out of any situation by using a paper clip and duct tape and was, the lint in his pocket and the lint I in mean, his pocket. And he was ridiculous. I mean, it was just ridiculous. It was just so ridiculous it became a meme before memes were a thing that you could MacGyver anything. What is that? The seventies, maybe MacGyver. 
Eighties, eighties, eighties. Yeah, I mean, it was a ridiculous show, really, because he got out of the situations that he was put in by just about having nothing. And it, was, it was, but anyway, that's what uh, that's what that means. And uh, yes, horse people are good at that. I love number two. We're kind of bossy. <laughs> no, horse people are bossy. No, I didn't notice that from social media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can survive a long time without a shower. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That is so true. How do you shower every day? Um. Yes. Yeah. I At this it. point, it's so sweaty. I'm just yeah, sweaty. I have yeah. to shower it's twice like a, a day. Thousand degrees here. We shower twice a day too. Now I wouldn't shower every day if I, you know, when I go to horse shows and I would camp in my trailer. I don't need a shower. Whatever. Like. The greasier my hair gets, the better it stays up under my helmet. <laughs> you know? And Chad's not alone usually. So there you go. Usually not. Yeah. I think the I might, yeah, get a divorce if he's like, oh God. Because I will come in from the barn and he'll be like, whoo, dang girl. I like this one. Blood and guts is a normal thing when you're a horse owner. That's true when it comes to the horses or, or animals. But I've seen a lot of horse people that are really grossed out when it's human blood. They oh, can't God. handle human blood. Anything human or anything with a cat, I'm out. But <laughs> you horses can't do or cats dogs, either? No. Oh, God. <laughs> you were a vet tech. I know. That's how I know I can't do cats. <laughs> they were like, we would like for you to hold her during her spay. This is the first cat I ever helped spay. They, they, you know, opened her up to to do the thing. And she had what's called a pyometria, I think. And it was an infected uterus. <laughs> I still remember that forever. And I was like, and I passed out in my first ever spay of a cat. And I was like, and I'm done. <laughs> you know what's funny is I'm pretty good with uh, with human stuff. It's it's when the horses get especially pussy things. I can't do pussy things. Yeah, this was a pussy cat yeah. uterus. So <laughs> that's fun. You're and, welcome if you're having breakfast right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know Sorry. how to pick out supplies that will last. That is true. Most horse people are really good at being economical and thrifty. They're really good at that. And you will do it at Goodwill. I bet you if I did a poll today on our auditor page, how many of people buy a majority of their clothes at Goodwill, it would be 70%. I literally have only bought jeans at Goodwill my entire life because why would I not buy jeans at Goodwill? Why would I go buy new jeans and wear them at the barn? Uh, well, that's what the theory is. Horse, horse women are going, I wear them to the barn, they get trashed. Oh, I might as well buy. Uh, Jennifer, she, you know, our Goodwill is very tight and there's a lot of people. So she hasn't been to Goodwill since COVID started. And it's killing her because she used to go there like once every two weeks to the Goodwill. We have a huge Get goodwill. some clothes. <laughs> uh, we actually know how to ride and care for horses. So, uh, you know, the theory is in the apocalypse that if you can keep your horse from being eaten, uh, you have a tr you have transportation when all the gas is gone. So there you go. I mean, you can get away. And we're already a gang. <laughs> Horse girls st stick together. That is true, too. And Unless it, they're competing against each other. <laughs> and then, in the, you know, if you're in certain parts of the horse world, they're well-armed. A lot of them are well-armed. So you're going to be okay there. Yeah, I don't have guns, but I like having friends that have guns. Well, you know how to <laughs> shoot a bow and arrow, though. You're good at that. 
You know what I realized? I've been trying to teach Lucas how to shoot. I can't shoot on the ground. I can only shoot from an elevated that's stature. What, that's what Tammy Serrant's won 150 medals in mounted shooting. She cannot shoot from the ground. She Are said, you "I have to." No, she can't. She said, "I can't shoot at all from the ground. I have to be moving." I yeah, think it's weird. You either have one gene or the other. You have the moving gene. Yeah, 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 and they need to be up high too. You want to have friends that are mounted shooters, by the way. If you're if the apocalypse comes, you want to make friends with the mounted shooters because one, they're heavily armed, and two, they know how to shoot. So yeah, there you go. don't make friends with me. I have to be really close to my target. <laughs> yes, true. Do you still have your bow and arrow? Have you used it since? Yeah, I want to teach Zeus how to do it. Oh, so I'm go. getting him back fit, and I, I really, I mean, there's nowhere to like do it, but it's really fun. So, not, uh, bow archery on horses is. Super we have fun. one of the coolest archery, horseback archery ranges around here in Ocala, is where a bunch of people are trained. The like head guy in horse archery lives in Ocala, and he built this unbelievable track that has all of the targets, and it's all landscape. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's really we pass it when we go to the Walmart. Uh, it is really cool. So there's why horse people are going to survive the apocalypse when the city people are all going to be dead. <laughs> I love it. That's why that happens. Hey, I was just over on State Line Tack, and they're having a big sale right now. Uh, I noticed that the 30% is still there. I don't know how they do that. But anyway, uh, they have a big sale right now on uh, summer stuff. Trying to get rid of the summer stuff to bring in the fall stuff. Because believe it or not, it snowed a lot in Colorado yesterday. Some parts of Colorado got a lot of snow. They went from 101 degrees two days ago to snowstorm yesterday. So, I mean, inches. One of our listeners posted they had six inches of snow. So, uh, right now, State Line has to get rid of the summer stuff. They have sheets in there. They have fly sheets in there marked down uh, 33%. The fly sheets are 53%, the Shire's fly sheets. Uh, they have bell boots in there marked down 25%. They have fly uh, fly boots marked down 44%. You know, you want to stock up for next year. Although you said you're still having flies. You said your flies are ridiculous. As of this morning, it, it dropped. It, now we have rain and 50 degree temperatures and it was, you know, well, 100 a couple days ago. Our mosquitoes are unbelievable right now. You can't go outside without spraying yourself with every toxic chemical you can find. We're in the horse fly world right now. Oh, God, they're size of baseballs. Anyway, <laughs> that's why the fly sheets are still pretty helpful to have around this time of year. Uh, they have uh, miniature sheets right now for minis on sale for 32%. Uh, stirrups, just all kinds of stuff. They have the composite stirrups for $27, the little blue insets. And the they're the really light ones, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. All right, so go check it out right now. That's just one of... You know, like four sales going on right now at State Line Tech, but it's the headliner Shire So Long Summer Sale. You'll find it right there. And they're also doing their 10 uh, days of equine learning. Uh, that's their uh, State Line Tech uh, summer camp. You can find it right there. It's very cool. It has a whole bunch of different lessons for kids and different things you can do with kids. So that's an educational thing over at statelinetech.com as well. Well, today's Horse Health Report is brought to you by the Horse Nutrition Podcast at the Horse Radio Network. The Horse Nutrition Podcast covers topics you will love. It highlights the world's most extraordinary horses, how they're trained, and what kind of nutrition they're given. A part of Purina's Full Rain documentary series. Go to PurinaMills.com slash Full Rain to see them all. The latest episode is all about vaulting horses. You can also find it on the Horse Radio Network app or any 
app where podcasts are found. Just search for Horse Nutrition Podcast. It's award-winning. It won the Best Podcast Award last year. All right, let's go to um, our guest, Dr. Jones, who is from Florida Equine Veterinary Services. Cut there. Mark that. Uh, Hold on, live listeners. I think we have to go through the switchboard today. You say hi. I'm going to get a drink here. Hello, Glenn, are you Florida Equine, this is Kim. Hi, Dr. Jones, please. Uh, one moment, please. Thank you. Okay. That's where she works. Hello. Hello, Dr. Jones, it's Jamie and Glenn. Hey, Jamie, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for joining us this morning. Happy to join. Uh, Glenn, we're we're not live right now. We're live, but we're not good. We'll cut yeah, this you, part out. You want to count us back in? Uh, yeah, ready? sure. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Doctor Jones from Florida Equine Veterinary Services. Thank you for joining us this morning. You're welcome. I'm happy to be aboard again. I am so happy that you're like uh, becoming a regular part of our show again. It makes me, it just, I love when I, oh, I open up the computer and I see your name on, on our list for the day. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. Thank you very much. Well, I, one of the questions that we were going to talk to you about today is um, one that I think all of us at some point, <laughs> probably a hundred times have said, okay, hold on. Which leg is my horse lame on? Which one? I think I have one right here, Dr. Jones, now that is lame on all four, (laughs) but we don't need to worry about that. We'll just get to the, which leg is my horse lame on? What do you, how do you, how do you, when you are assessing a horse for lameness, well, how do you start looking at it? Well, first we look at them standing still and we look for obvious swellings, which most people should do. Anyway, every day, walk around the horse when they bring him in from the pasture because they can get into anything. And uh, so that's the easiest thing As we start with that. Obvious swellings, um, obvious heat by putting our hands on them. That's a big thing. Granted, a dark horse standing in the sun is going to be hot on its legs. So try to do it in a cool, shaded area. Uh, you can even hose the legs off and see if you feel heat because really bad heat, they'll see. You know, it'll still come through after hosing. But that's the uh, first place we start as a veterinarian. And then the second place we start is movement. So each gait has so many steps it takes. A walk is a four-beat, four-step gait. A trot is a two-beat gait. And a canter is a three-beat gait. So I get the comment all the time that says, oh, my horse isn't too lame. I just saw him running around the pasture. He must be getting better. When they run in the three-beat gait, they can actually kind of cheat. And the, the leg they hurt on, they don't have to touch it down very much. And the other three legs can do the work. So the trot is the gait that us veterinarians use to evaluate a horse. And it's a two-beat gait, and they really can't cheat. Opposite diagonals move at the same time. So as you're seeing a horse trot towards you, you 
remember you're riding them, you're sitting on their back, you say right, left, right, left with their right front leg, not the right that you're looking at, <laughs> the right that's their right front leg. So it's an easy to-be gait to say and see to yourself as you see them trotting along or trotting away from you, right, left, right, left. And when you do that, you're going to see them either skip or hop off of a leg. And if they're skipping or hopping off of a particular leg, as I'm looking at the front legs, right, left, right, left, and it's the right one, they're barely touching down and they're kind of hopping off of it, then they have a pain in the right front leg because they don't want to land on it very, you know, firm, very gently is all they're trying to do is very touch down and get, get off of it very quickly. So that's how we all start. We can get to more specifics uh, about that. I'm sure you have more questions as I keep going. Uh, I, I, you know what, what I love about you is I just, I just pull the string on the back of the toy and I just let it go. <laughs> okay, well then I'm going to keep going. Yeah, I keep going Others. because this is great because so so at this point we've now looked at the horse standing still. We've walked around it, looked for swelling, looked for heat, looked for any lacerations or anything like that. And now at yes. this point we are watching the horse come towards us. How much does you talked about skipping? I feel like a lot of times you can tell a lot about the how they're skipping by where their head is being positioned when they're moving in the gate. Right. So that's, a, that's the old phrase or the phrase that you've probably heard about, you know, heard phrases saying that they bob their head when they're hurting on a leg. So as they're coming to you, it's really the most obvious. Let's take an abscess, for instance. That's a very obvious lameness. And the horse sometimes almost looks like as if they broke the leg and they're, they can't hardly even put the foot down. They're towing it and hopping off it. Those are the obvious lamenesses that almost any horse person, even a new one to the horse world, can, find, can say, oh, my goodness, they won't put any weight on that right front leg, and I don't know what's wrong. I think it's broken. Well, there's no heat or swelling in the entire limb, so most likely it's in the hoof, and it's most likely an abscess because that's the most common, unless they did do something to their coffin bone, which is not that common. But anyway, uh, so as they're trotting towards you, you can also see them using their head to get off of that front limb. So, okay, so let's do a little physics here. We've got a few minutes. You're sitting on a teeter-totter, seesaw, one of the two, whatever you want to call them. And the center of the teeter-totter, and you and Glenn are on either end, teeter-tottering it, the center is where your saddle is. And you can pick whomever you want to pick to be the tail and the head. <laughs> I'll let the two of you work that out. I'm the head, he's the tail. <laughs> I knew that was coming. And so, yeah, I did too. As, <laughs> and as you're teetering, the head goes up and the tail will go down. And then the head will go down and the tail will go up. So the idea is, is the center of gravity of a horse is where the saddle hits. If the front end hurts, are they going to put a whole bunch of weight on that front end? On that teeter-totter? No, that end's going to go high up in the air to help lift those front legs off the painful one. So their head's going to go up pretty high to keep from putting so much weight on that front leg. Now the teeter-totter tail, not going to say who that is, would go really high up if the back end hurt. So that makes the teeter-totter head go downward. Am I making any sense here so far? Yes, yes. There's a phrase that I think sometimes can be incorrectly taken and I know it's meant in good measure, is down on the sound, meaning the head goes down on the sound leg and up on the lame leg. So in a two-beat gait, right, left, right, left, right, left, as they're trotting, the head's going up on the left leg and, in this person's term, down on the right front leg and up on the left leg and down on the right front leg. 
that's not necessarily meaning that that right front leg is sound. If the head is going higher than it normally should, it means it's lame on the left front leg. Did I make sense on that one? Yes. So uh, now this would be down on the sound. I like to think of as for a front leg lameness. Right. Correct. But if you would look at a horse trot, so every time you go to a show, watch all the horses go. They all hold their head at a particular level that's comfortable for them. Some are about mid-chest, some are higher than mid-chest, some are a little lower than mid-chest, but they're about mid-chest, and that's their norm. Once they hurt, they're going to go either higher on that plane or lower on that plane. Higher means front end, lower means back end. Does that make sense? Wait a second. Say that again. I got to follow along. <laughs> so you're on your teeter-totter. Think the okay. teeter-totter. And they have a level. So the two of you have leveled out on your teeter-totter. Nobody's higher or lower. So everybody's level. That's how the horse trots. Level, 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 level. Okay. When the front end hurt, hurts, that teeter-totter will go up higher on that one leg that hurts on the okay. two gate. And then it will come back down to level. It won't go all the way down. When the other leg hits, it just comes back down to normal. But if when it's a back end hurts, okay, that head will go below level when that back leg hits because they're trying to get off the back end. So their head is going farther forward and downward to get the weight off the rear end. Interesting. Oh, I didn't ever think about that. Um, as far as they'll overload the front legs to get off of the hind legs. Which goes to your comment that we first started that said, I think all four horse, all four legs of my horse is lame. Well, there's a possibility. Maybe three of the four are because there might have been some compensation going on before it got significant enough for you to start to look at. Yeah. So as we're taught in school, one leg is lame and you work on it and this is how you work up the lame leg because we all have to be taught a certain way of nerve blocks and, and flexion tests and things like that. But in general, if a, a quadruped has been lame on one leg for quite some time, and I mean over weeks, another leg is going to be compensating for that. It could be the opposite forelimb, it could be a hind limb, but there's possibly another leg that's starting to get sore. I like to think of it like this, Dr. Jones. Okay, if my, if, like say for an abscess, if there's a, a weight-bearing lameness means that it hurts when the horse puts its foot on the ground and goes to put weight on it. I like to think of that like I try to explain it to people as put a, a thumbtack in the bottom of your shoe and yeah. see how you walk with that. And you're going to oh, wow. barely step and then drop into the other one. Okay. Right. Now talk a little bit about whether it, when it's a knee or carpus injury, you know, if it's that you're not going to want to bend it. So you're going to lift that a little higher and fall into the opposite one. Exactly. Exactly. And you'll see that in the hind end too, with a hock um, flexion is they won't want to lift the hock up. So they'll lift up via their hip and then their back muscles or gluteal muscles get sore because they can't flex that hock. They're kind of using the rump to move that hind leg forward rather than their hock joint. So, Same okay. So that's why neck to move that leg forward. So, so how many times okay, I've got a couple questions here. So you talk about that, that overcompensation of the horse's haunches and back muscles because they don't want to flex their hock. So they lift their back up a little bit more. Um, how many times, do people say my horse's back is sore and I need you to inject the back or do something with the back? And it turns out it's the hocks. Um, 
I wouldn't say all the time. There's a lot of times where the back is sore and we'll start. I usually start lower on the limbs, blocking as you go up. If you block out the hocks, the horse moves more comfortably with still a little slight soreness from being sore in the back. So I don't necessarily inject the backs. I'll inject the hocks and tell them to give a little time off. Or we might do muscle relaxers if the back is that sore or a little bit of bute or Equiox, something for an anti-inflammatory to kind of help the back out a little bit because it had been overcompensating for quite some time. How many times do people call you and tell you, my horse's shoulder is lame, he's hurting in his shoulder, and you get out there and it's the foot? All the time. Almost 100%. That one's an easy one. So if we get the call, we have a shoulder lameness, it's um, almost always the foot. 80% of lamenesses are in the feet. You can't see any heat or swelling on the limbs. It's probably in the foot. Now, granted, there are some areas up in the big muscle mass of the gluteals and stuff where you couldn't see the swelling. But unless it was a traumatic incident, it's most likely in the foot if they're that ouchy, like you said, an abscess where you step on a tack and you're hopping off of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other thing I think is very, very helpful for horse owners to do and learn is how to get a digital pulse. And they can ask their vets to show them any time of the day. The vets are out there doing a vaccine, an exam, whatever it is, how to check for a pulse in the foot. If you go to the hospital, nurses are checking for pulses in your ankle to make sure that you've got good blood flow in your legs. When you get a really bad headache, not a migraine necessarily, just a bad, bad headache, you can feel a pulse at your temple. It's just pounding. Same thing for a horse. When their foot really hurts, they're going to get a pounding pulse in their ankle when their foot hurts really bad with like an abscess or a bruise or, God forbid, a fracture. It's going to be a pounding, pounding pulse. A tear of the tendons down there is not going to give you a pounding pulse. And sometimes bone edema, which is uh, our early terms now for navicular bone edema, may not get a pulse either. But something that's pretty significant in the foot, like an abscess or a bruise, you'll get a pulse down in the foot. And why is, it, why is that? Is it because they're trying to push a lot of blood to the area that hurts? It's like your head. Why, why do you get the pulse at your temple when you have the bad headache? It's that I don't excess, know. <laughs> yeah. The, the blood flow has reorganized its way of going around to fix whatever the problem is, and it gives you that more constricted pulsing aspect right at your temple. Same with their foot. It's, it's trying to feed, take care of whatever's down there. It's reorganizing the blood flow to wherever it needs to go, and it becomes a heavier pulse. Fascinating. You can well, your pulse in the feet, but not as strong as when you have problems. Laminitis is another one. People will get upset. They think, you know, both front feet are tender. Oh, I think my horse is foundered. You'll have a pounding pulse in that foot if you have laminitis. Huh. Interesting. Well, Dr. Jones, this is, as always, you just explain everything so well and so perfectly. Where can people go to find out where they can find you or ask you questions or, or learn more? Oh, we always take questions. It's at floridaequine.com and you can go in and fill in the box with your questions, whatever they are, and we'll go ahead and answer them back. Why am Happy I always, why am I always the horse's ass is my question. Why do I always get <laughs> I that didn't, I, I didn't put you there, Glenn. I, I opened it up. I left you know, it open. I started thinking if Glenn and I were on a teeter totter together, I would be up all the time. You would be. He's a lot I'm bigger goodness. than me. 
<laughs> I'm like six one. She's like five two. There would be no teetering. It would be a lot of tottering. It would be nothing. <laughs> I was this whole time. I you knew were I was going to get about... some humor this morning. I knew it. <laughs> the whole time you were talking about, it, I was like, I wouldn't be going down. I'd be up in the sky. It'd be too. So you'd Jamie's. have a friend and lameness all the time. Yes, yep. right. that's right. I'd be lame all the time. Doctor Jones, Florida Equine is a great website. You guys can go check it out. There's a lot of client forms and things you can learn from their website, floridaequine.com. Dr. Aaron Denny Jones, please uh, come back again soon. Thank you, Dr. I'd Jones. Love to. Thank you for having me. Right, bye. <laughs> bye. I couldn't get my mic on, off a of mute fast enough to deal with that situation when you brought it up. <laughs> I, I stole it. I'm <laughs> this South segment was brought to you by the Horse Nutrition Podcast and the Horse Radio Network. Now in the third season, each show highlights some of the world's most extraordinary horses, how they're trained, and what kind of nutrition they're given to help fuel their performances. Episodes this year include training Hollywood movie horses, therapy horses helping veterans, and an inside look at traditional charro horsemanship. It's all part of Purina's Full Rain documentary series. Go to PurinaMills.com slash Full Rain to see all the films, interviews, and podcasts. Are you ready? Let's do it. Well, I have some amazing news for you. Please, if you are, I mean, what else do you have to do in this pandemic culture besides participate in the pandemic panda pregnancy watch. That's right. Mi Zheng, I think I'm saying that right, probably not, is a 22-year-old matriarch of the Smithsonian's National Zoo Panda Program. She is pregnant. Now, this story is a week old. I hope I didn't miss it. Uh, and it could give birth any day, zoo officials say. And there are a couple cameras, so you can watch Mi Zheng during her pregnancy. Now, here's the thing it's not like she lays down and has birth like a puppy or something like, I, like a dog. I, they're like super tiny and like, I don't really they like, I, I kind of was like <laughs> trying to research how they actually give birth. And apparently they just start licking a lot. I didn't want to, and I quit reading after that because birthing <laughs> things is disgusting. But if you want to watch me, Zhang's Panda cub, it's at the national zoo in Washington. And they have a, if you just Google pandemic panda, pregnancy watch you can probably find it's a national zoo website so you can go to there and and see that so congratulations to uh mi Zheng and her impending delivery oh sorry come on one job one job anna sent us this story it's from the bbc and it's uh, she just chief uh, remember if you guys see weird news please send it to me it gives me uh, a little less work to do excuse me because she found this one and just thought this has to be a part of weird news again the bbc.com is reporting that there is a man and um he's in his 80s and he sat down at the table to have dinner and there's a fly buzzing around him as we all have seen before. Um, so 
And you know what's funny is I just bought one of these for Lucas so he could go out and have some fun. It's an electric fly swatter. It looks like a tennis racket yeah. and you push the button down yeah. and I touch the outside at the inside layer. So you kind of have to whack them pretty good, which sucks because you can't whack the countertop or otherwise you break it. So it's like, you have to be like a tennis pro and whack this thing out of the sky. Well, this man bless his heart decides he's going to whack this fly with his electric fly swatter and started targeting it. But unfortunately there was a gas leak in his home. And so the reaction between Oops. the device, uh, <laughs> the electric fly swatter and the gas caused an explosion, destroying his kitchen and blowing off part of the roof in his home in France. And, um, according to local media, the unnamed man had a lucky escape sustaining just a burn to the hand. However, the fate of the fly was not known. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Uh, it also goes on to tell you. Oh, sorry. See, I was too quick that time. One job, Glenn. <laughs> All right. The man has since checked into a local campsite while his family repairs the house. <laughs> I read okay. a story the other day about a camper that was actually driving down the road and it blew up, had a gas leak, <laughs> and it went boom. <laughs> that would scare the crap out of you as you're hauling your camper down the road. Uh-huh. Okay, this... This might be the best news and weird news we've ever had. Okay. Do you know what the lint chocolates are? Yeah, Lindor I can't chocolate. stand lint chocolates. I hate those things. Oh, well, then this is not good news for you. <laughs> it's good news for all of us that actually like good things. Um, uh, lint residents, chocolates are awful. That's they're because awful. they're not Hershey's chocolate full of corn syrup that Where America. I grew like. up, and it's the only candy that should be sold in America. <laughs> what Hershey's, Hershey's corn syrup yes, chocolate? <laughs> My friend who lives in Wales, she's like, I, I, I love chocolate. I can't, I can't eat American chocolate. It's so disgusting. Oh, so it's the only chocolate other than we're gonna go to residents of a Swiss town got a shock um, that when it started snowing. It started snowing in the summer in a Swiss town. This was two Fridays ago. And um, the residents walked outside. They're like, oh, it's snowing. Oh, wow. Wait, that's not snow. That's chocolate. <laughs> it started snowing particles of chocolate after the ventilation system in the lint chocolate factory malfunctioned. And so apparently there was a defect in the ventilation and it shot out cocoa nibs in its factory in Olten between Zurich and Basel. The nibs were fragments of crushed cocoa beans, which are the basis of chocolate in real chocolate, not Glenn's type of chocolate. They and use cocoa beans and Hershey's chocolate. I've taken listen, the tour. Yeah, that and here's our vat of corn syrup. So it, you would have died if it was an American chocolate. It would have been like corn syrup rivers running down the road. However, in this part of the world, combined with strong winds on Friday morning, the powder spread around the vicinity of the factory, leaking a fine cocoa dusting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It's rain and chocolate. So were people out licking the streets? Is that I right? I mean, they would. The Lint Company has said that they would be happy to pay for any cleaning that is needed. However, they have yet to be taken up on the offer. I'm pretty sure humans just cleaned it up themselves. But uh, there you go. That's your happy weird news story of the day. So if anybody buys me chocolates, do not get me lint. I just won't even eat them. 
It just don't if anybody it. buys him chocolate, Tastes just make like sure plastic. that the first ingredient is corn syrup. Plastic. And then he'll love it. Plastic. plastic. Tastes like plastic. <laughs> oh God. It's awful. There's Can't something wrong this. with you. That's it. There you go. That was your last story that you're done now. With, uh... Three, I'm out. Okay, good. The uh, disrespect that I get every time <laughs> I deliver these fantastic news stories to you is amazing. So tomorrow is uh, Mary Kitzmiller Day. Mary and Jennifer will be here doing some training. And then on Friday, we'll have really bad ads. Get your ads into Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Yeah, we need some ads. So definitely take a look at Craigslist and Facebook and get your ads in. Uh, we would. I had the opportunity yesterday to uh, do a video with Wendy Murdoch, who is one of our sponsors, actually, over in the Dressage Show. And she's been doing videos on, on her page and that was kind of fun got to hang out with her for an hour so that that was that was kind of neat and i did want to mention to the auditors we have a post show today but we are going to be doing a wtf show that's a show we do exclusively for auditors it's hosted by myself helena b and also a trained therapist by the name of nikki one of our auditors and we're going to be doing a show and we deal not with training issues we deal with life issues in that show and it is not safe for work or for home or anywhere or really children children uh, but we have a lot of fun and it will be tonight at seven thirty in the auditor room on facebook live and then we'll also put it out on the auditor podcast feed so that's the wtf show tonight at 7 30 well one we did a survey recently of our auditors and got a lot of responses and one of the things we heard from them was that they liked hearing about our sponsors and how they got started and kind of the the founding of uh the companies and things like that, of products that they use in, uh, every day. So we thought one of our terrific sponsors is Equiderma, that we would have uh, Bethany, who is the founder, and her son, who is vice president of the company, on to talk about it. And she posts a lot of pictures of Tim. I think she's trying, I don't know, she's trying to pimp him out or something, because uh, there's a lot of pictures being posted of Tim. Now, he's a good-looking guy, so I need to find out why that's happening. That's one of the things I'm going to question her about. And I'm sure she's thrilled. I I did warn them that we do not prepare questions in advance, so be prepared for anything. So I did warn them about that. All right, cut there. I want to get them both on the line here. Hold on, live listeners. All right, let me get them on. I took cold medicine right before we started. It seems to be helping me get through here. Oh, you know what? I don't have... Hmm. Let me get his phone number. Missing one. While you're getting him on, I'm going to go to the restroom. Be okay. Hold on, live listeners. We'll, we're trying to get our guests on.
Hello. Hello, is this Bethany? It is. Hey, Bethany, it's Glenn. How are you? Good, how are you? Okay, we are live, but we're, uh, we'll are we cut this part out of the recorded show. I'm going to get Tim on the line here. Okay. Let me get we're in. live right now? Yes. Say hi to everybody. Okay. Hey, Jamie. Hey, everybody. Jamie, <laughs> I'm actually, so excited to talk to you guys. Jamie will be right back here shortly. Okay. Oh, she stepped away. Okay. Yeah. We're live, but for the re- for the podcast, we cut this part out. Oh, okay. hello. Hi, Tim. How are you? Hey. hey, Glenn. I'm well. How are you? Good. Uh, we're waiting for Jamie to get back here a second. We are live, but we will cut this part out of the uh, podcast. Uh, see, the live listeners get to hear the behind-the-scenes stuff. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. They got the inside scoop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I and I introduced well, we better... you guys. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about the company and everything. But I also want to know why Bethany keeps posting pictures of Tim and trying to pimp him out. That's what I. What <laughs> my... I my wife wants to know the same thing. <laughs> you know, I was I was slapped out of his sleep for that. You know, and I said I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey Tim, are you because... are you on a speaker, Tim? Can Can you talk directly? I am. Him? Can you talk directly? In that'll help. I think. Okay, is that better? Yeah, that's better. Thank you for. Hello. I can go the old-fashioned way and and hang it, hold it to my ear if I need to. Yeah, no, that's better. That's <coughs> better. And Jamie, you're back. Okay. I am back. We like the phone right up to your ear. We're old school here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just a little better sound. Um, all right. So, guys, I'm going to count us back in, and we'll get started. Okay. Good. All right. Here we go. In three. Two, one. Well, I do have Bethany and Tim on the line now from Equiderma. Hi, guys. <laughs> hey, good hey, morning. morning. How are you? Good. So, I, you know, I warned you guys this morning that we don't prepare questions in advance and we will talk about anything. And I have to start with something that's come to my attention and it's very important to discuss. Now, Tim is Bethany's son and is vice president of the company. And Tim, you are married, correct? I am. I am. You have <laughs> a lovely athlete, wife, athlete right? Yeah, lovely wife. I, I do. Yeah. yeah. Any kids? She's in the next room, so yes, of course. <laughs> one, one, one kid. One child, yeah. One kid, yes. Well, yes. why is it yeah. that Bethany keeps posting these pictures that look like absolute model shots of you all over her social media, and it looks like she's trying to pimp you out, is really what's I think. <laughs> you know, my my wife was asking the same question, so <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess... <laughs> I bet she is. I guess you could say she's she's proud of her boy for whatever reason, but uh, you know that I'm not because he's so cute. They're not horrible so pics, but <laughs> yeah, he, he likes to mess with no. me. We have a good sense of humor, and uh, you know I'm told through my friends or, or family, I, I start getting razzed via uh, you know text and uh, the you know a screenshot of the of the picture. So, and I'm just thinking, here we go again, you know. And I know she's at home <laughs> snickering, so. <laughs> Whatever it is, what it is. Well, there's there's a method to my madness. Usually, when I do that, it's because he has um, maybe not called me when he was supposed to call me <laughs> when he to tell me he arrived safe somewhere or something like that. And so I'll start thinking about it and think, well, I should just post a really cute picture of it. But truly, our equiderma, um, our equiderma customers love it when I post pictures of it. Yeah, because they're all so women. We're thinking about yeah, <laughs> what we're thinking about doing a calendar. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we're not. <laughs> we certainly are not. 
That's funny. Can't you picture him in, in chap? Um, and Tim uh, has enough explaining no, to do at home. Anyway. He doesn't need that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, let's let's get let's get back on the topic at hand here a little bit. Um, well, first, I do have a question for you though about working together. My wife and I worked together for a lot of years, and that you know you obviously have a different relationship. It's not you know husband and wife, but it is mother and son. How, and how does that work? Is it? Are there t- challenging times? Is it good? I'm going to let Tim answer first this time. Okay. Of course. Of course there are challenging times. I think that, you know, if we've said any different, it, it'd be a, a lie. Uh, I think the the longer we have worked together, we've um, come to an understanding and a mutual respect of uh, what each other can do, what each other's strengths are. And uh, when to back off if one of us is a little stressed out and, and know the limitations and, and if one of us are frazzled um, to throttle back. So, you know, in the beginning, there were some uh, more tense times. And as we've worked together over the past year, uh, we've definitely gotten better at it. You know, of course, there's always going to be uh, a situation that may arise here or there, but we've gotten a lot better at, a lot better at handling it. And I think that's like that with any relationship. Of course, we had the mother-son relationship, but to bring that to a professional level was a whole new ball game, and uh, we've gotten a lot better at it fast. So yeah, it's, there's some challenges, but it's also very rewarding, you know, to step in and start helping grow the family business. So any challenges that are coming along with that are well worth it. You know, I, I would say the same thing about my wife and I. You learned you learn over time as you go along that there's just some things you used to get all excited about that aren't that important. And you kind of decide, yeah. I'm going to argue about the important things and let the other things go. <laughs> just There's just so yeah. many trivial yeah. things yeah. that we blow up into these huge things that really the next day don't even matter anymore. Um, and the yeah, recognized sure. strengths. Yeah, and, and when you should take a back seat, you know, if it's somebody's strength and you do have an opinion on it, perhaps you know, you just got to say, well, you know, that's kind of her lane. Let's just take a back seat on that, and then she can. She always makes calls, but she'll defer. But you know, if it's something that you're feeling strongly about, you have to realize, well, that's where her talents lie. So let's just roll with it. Now, Bethany, you agree with all that, or is he fired today? <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Not yet. It's, it's really. It's really the best decision I ever made. Last October, I just, one day, I just said, I, you know, I need some help. And he, you know, Timbo's got a, he's smart as a whip because he takes after his mother, of course. But um, <laughs> but he's so smart and he has a, a strong, you know, he has a degree in finance and economics. And so he brings a lot to the table just, you know, based on his education and life experience. He's been you know his own entrepreneur and and um has successfully captained his own um business so by the time last october i I called him and said tim oh mom needs help and you got to put some skin in this game son so please you know come on board with me so he left what he was doing and came on board with me and it's been i think you know overall we've had a couple little bumps in the road um but not, I think each time it was an opportunity for growth for us to understand each other better. Really, I feel so fortunate because not only is he my VP, but he's my best friend and probably one of the people I, just, I respect most in the whole world. Um, so it's just been for me, I'm just thrilled to death about it. I guess so, Tim will keep getting his paycheck then next week. It looks like you're safe there, Tim, for yeah. another week anyway. I got a wife of here now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> hey, uh, I do want to. I, I brought My that up. My mascara is running. <laughs> I brought that up for a reason. Is because a lot of our listeners do have a situation in owning a farm and running a farm and things where they are working with family, and so they are always we're you know always dealing with that kind of situation. And even if you're not running this, look at Jamie and Chad. Chad's not. You know, Jamie runs the business, but boy, Chad's there and he has opinions on things, right? Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it. No, Glenn, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, he, yesterday, he's like, I'm going to go mow. And I was like, that's great. He's like, where do you want to mow? And I'm like, go this way and do this. I'm like, <laughs> so hey, he has an opinion, but just not always about the farm stuff. <laughs> so I got pretty lucky yeah. there. <laughs> so, well, that- I think for us, um, for us, Equiderma is just such a collaboration with all of us that work here at Equiderma. You know, there's no, there's really not, yes, there's a hierarchy, but it's, it's never really apparent. We are such a collaborative team. And at the end of the day, you know, we do what's right for the business and we get everybody's input and weigh, you know, weigh um, the pros and cons. And, but everybody, you know, it's yeah, whether it's Timbo or I or anybody else on our team, we just we just are just a really cohesive group that works well together. And I will I will agree with that. I've known you guys for a long time and 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 worked with a lot of you. So uh, yeah, I will totally agree with that. I think I, I yeah. see that from the outside looking in too. You know, Equiderma started out of a need. You uh, and a lot of our listeners may not know this. You had an animal rescue that you did, and you were dealing with abused and neglected and you know horses with all kinds of problems. And that's really where the products came from, right? Trying to trying to solve those horse problems. Yep, that's right. Um, about 26 years ago, I had a, a training center for hunter, jumper, and dressage, but then I started bringing in abused and neglected animals of all kinds. I mean, all you had to be was kicked around by the world, and you could, you were welcome to come to our rescue. We had a nonprofit there also. And so I, you know, having one horse here and there, I was used to products that didn't work, and as horse people, we're so used to it. We're so trained, you know, that if something doesn't do what it's supposed to do, that's okay. It's normal. But when I had 35 animals in my care that all had wounds or skin problems or, you know, all manner of terrible things going on, I just said, I think I can do better and um, started with our skin lotion, sitting on a five gallon bucket out in the barn with a six pack of beer and mixed it up and put it on a horse with, 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 with <laughs> was the skin lotion skin made with the beer or were you made with the beer? Which one? Was <laughs> <laughs> I was out in the barn listening to crickets and, and watching this horse rub down my stall walls because her skin was so inflamed and itchy and sitting there by myself and mixed it up and poured it on her. And that's, that's where this all started a long, long time ago. And Timbo was a little boy back in those days and was right there alongside of me in the barn. And I'm sure that, he he made lots of bathtubs, equiderma skin lotion with me in the beginning. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it's quite a story, and, and and really, I look back on the past 26 years of the new products we've brought to market, and all the horses we've been able to help, and all the rescues we continue to help. And I still have a rescue at my home, so um, I live with lots of four-legged critters. But um, well, it's just such a labor of love, and I just feel really honored to be the captain of this ship. I think one of the things, too, that makes Equiderma a little different is your, you know, we, in the podcast world, we talk about building a community and, you know, the Horse Radio Network, we built a a really 
cool community around the podcasts. And we talk a lot about uh-huh. that in the business world, obviously uh-huh. building the community, uh-huh. but you guys really have built a community. There are, you know, Equiderma users are rabid Equiderma users, and you, you have a lot of people involved in the Equiderma brand that are out promoting it, a lot of ambassadors, more than most other yeah. companies your size, I think. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, we it's crazy. We've got a 99% uh, five-star review across all channels on the internet, and and I, I, it is almost, it's like a family for us. But, you know, I think it's because we did start so grassroots and we built and built and built. And really, for, up until a couple of years ago, it was word of mouth that grew Equidermal. We really didn't do any advertising. And and um, now we do, of course. We've, we've grown tremendously over the past three or four years. But, but yeah, it, it is a very... Um, you know, it's a tight knit community with with us, and you know, in the horse world, it is anyway. But I think you know, we really—I I don't mean to sound all sappy, but we really do care about our customers, and we absolutely care about helping their animals. That's where this all started. You know, um, we are a company with lots of heart and soul. Let's say that, and uh, and it. I just—I—I'm so thankful for for the people that have supported us along the way. Tim, do you ride? Or did you ride? I did ride younger. I haven't. I haven't in a while. My last uh, encounter with riding was less than pre- pleasurable. I hadn't ridden in a while, and I was sore for a couple of days. And I, I have a, a neck <laughs> injury and a shoulder injury, so I, uh, I stick to my own two legs at this point. <laughs> but he you, rides dirt bikes and now, motorcycles. Yeah, I, uh, I heard and that. That too. explains the neck injury <laughs> yeah. there. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he so, was a little boy, yeah. I tried to I tried to put him in riding pants and height in tall boots and get him to jump on horses, and he said, "No, I'm not wearing those clothes, and you can't make me." So we um, <laughs> went around and around about it for a little while, and then I said, "Okay." I I I actually did wear them for a while, and she has some of the pictures on the wall at her house, and I. I brought some of my uh, <laughs> my military buddies back to the house with me one day, and I still hear about it. So you know, I, I yeah. have to uh, remove those. And his breeches and tall boots. You know what? Um, I know you talked about posting some photos of him before the show. I would like to see those, please, if you could post those. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll talk okay. after the show. <laughs> so I'll get killed. He'll kill me. Tim, Tim, did, I, yeah. did I read Tim though that you're an avid boater too? Oh, I do. Uh, yeah, we. I do love going on the boat and fishing, whether it's just being uh, out on the water or or out in the ocean. Uh, I I absolutely love it. So well, any there's, chance yeah, I like, get there's a habit the that's boat. more expensive than horses. There's one thing we can say that probably costs more than horses. Right there is boating. The fuel bill. So know. you know the fuel bill can be pretty pretty bad. So I make sure we get a couple guys on there and. Um, they they help throw in with me and uh it's just really it's relaxing to be out on the water it's a good it's a good relief from uh running the business you know because as everybody knows it can get stressful sometimes so come friday afternoon or saturday morning it's nice to just get out there and, and be with nature. Yeah, I, I kind of uh, compare baseball and fishing. They're both about as boring as the other. Um, so, yeah, well, it, it forces it you to relax. if you're good at it or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good point. I prefer to catch. You know, fishing can be very boring in, until you're putting fish in the boat. Catching and, uh, the, yeah. whole de- <laughs> the whole demeanor of the boat changes. You know, we took we took uh, Mom out uh, about a month ago during snapper season, and she caught a, a very nice-sized snapper. 
and uh, she had a great day. day. So, yeah, yeah, she did. Well, we told her that anyway. So, um, ah! I'm kidding, but, but <laughs> it, you're, you're right. Grounded. It could be very boring. Marty <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys yeah. for joining us. We really appreciate you being here today, and and you know it is fun for listeners to have really put some voices to the companies that they're buying products yeah. from. And you guys do such a tremendous wow. job. You've done it for a long time. It really was grassroots. It's what we like about it. It was, you know, it's been a family business since it started and it continues to be that way. So thank you so much for, for one being part of the horse radio network and for continue. And Scooter, well, thanks you too, you my hackney pony, because he's never been so soft and shiny as he is now. I, I, oh, I do well, want to say, Scooter, you're welcome. I want to say, I just can't, express how much I love these products. I I'd never received, uh, I'd never tried them until you guys became a sponsor and the, I, I'm, I'm blown away. Of course I start fostering this X racehorse and put him on my pasture and he gets scratches, you know, immediately started getting scabbed. The zinc oxide paste is amazing. I had another horse oh. get a, like took the skin off his nose and, and that's the wound ointment. I mean, it's just great stuff. And again, it's things that I can put on my, hands and rub on the horses and I don't have to worry about having gloves on. You know, like I say, when I'm done with the wound ointment, putting it on, I rub it into my cuticles, you know, like it's just such a great thing. We adore the wound ointment and I use it every day at the farm. I'm so thankful for it every day. Yeah, you guys have done just such a great job, and I'm just in love with the products. And I would just suggest anybody keep that in your tack box. All that other cancerous stuff, you guys are just y'all have just done such an amazing (laughs) job with your products. Oh, you're so awesome! That's why they're successful. Yeah, that means so much to us. Well, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Talk to you soon. All right, have a great day. Love you guys. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much to everybody for being here. We really appreciate you stopping by today. We're going to have a post show here for the auditors. So, hey, I want to talk baseball a little bit with you, actually. What? I know. Well, okay, it's kind I'm of a, ready. It's kind of a negative, so don't get all excited. Oh, uh, here's, my, here's my surprise face. <laughs> So we'll do that in the post show today. If you want to become an auditor, just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the auditor banner for as little as $3 a month. You too can get all the exclusive stuff that over 500 auditors have now. Uh, and uh, we're going to, as I said, I want to remind everybody 7.30 tonight is the WTF special auditor show. And uh, it's an advice show. We give you advice on everything but horses. This is life stuff that we give you advice on. We're talking about weddings tonight. There's somebody that asked a question about having their horses involved in the wedding. And, of course, we all have strong opinions on that. You have strong opinions. I do. You do, too. I don't think I'm as crazy about it as you are because I get it, uh, wanting to use your horse in your wedding. Whether or not I would have had anybody capable of holding my horse or participating, (laughs) no. (laughs) So... Is that all right? Thanks, everybody. Talk to you again tomorrow. All right, Spay Neuter Geld. You have one job. All right, we are out. Thank you. Did you want to talk about how the Braves were leading their division and they're one and a half over the Phillies? No.
Is that what you were going to talk no. to me about baseball? Are they really playing? Are they still playing baseball? They haven't yes. quit yet? No. Okay. Um, they're doing like a much shorter season this year, right? So you're not going to have to be bored as long. Just so you know, Chad's team, the Giants, are nine back from their division. So <laughs> I want to talk to you, but you're going to be shocked about a baseball player. I actually know his name and knew who he was. And that's Tom Seaver. And he okay. died. He died. Uh, he's the big New York Mets guy in the 60s and 70s. And the reason I knew is he had Lyme disease. Uh, he, he got it a long time ago. He had chronic Lyme disease, which led, and his was neurological, which led to, this poor guy had no luck after he was done with baseball. A lot of luck in baseball. <laughs> he was a very good baseball player, right? But he got Lyme disease. And then years later, his, uh, his chronic Lyme disease led to dementia. And then he got COVID and died. So he died uh, two days ago. So there's a guy who had really bad luck. I mean, ugh. So anyway, that was my happy story. This is what baseball. you wanted to talk to me about? <laughs> I knew somebody in in, uh, in baseball, and it just happened to be Tom Seaver. And you're like, let me drop the worst news ever on you. This guy had really bad <laughs> well, that's luck. That's kind of what it's like for me the- watching baseball. It's kind of like that right there. Good Lord. All right. Well, I'm going to go back to looking at the MLB standings and noticing that my Braves are one and a half above. So there you go. What else do you want to talk about that's all happy? Uh, Who else did Um, I? Yeah, right. My God. (laughs) I just saw another one of our, the pictures. Emily just posted in our auditor room a picture of her outside. She lives in Northern California with the smoke. They take pictures during the day and it's red. It's just bright red. It's very weird. She just posted a picture in the auto room. Just, you guys, be safe. I don't know how they're breathing. I would, with my asthma, I'd be dead out there. It's crazy. I, I, you know what's amazing is what's happening in Colorado, too. The freeze, the fire, and the snow. All, all at over once. The place. All at once. <laughs> in a couple of days. Uh, I think Betty here, who is our listener and a friend, and she was saying that, I think she posted, it went, here it is, it went from 95 on Monday to 53 on Tuesday, and now it's Wednesday, it's snowing. (laughs) <laughs> like blizzard and angie just posted in nine minutes ago in the auditor room that uh she says i'm very reassured about my decision to travel to solvang tomorrow and she's in gonna be in the uh, horse sense and healing program because she's Aww. a veteran she was accepted That's into awesome. it she said she's very nervous so you might want to reach out to her today um and she read monty's book and she wanted to thank you for doing what you do and sharing it on the show she would not have known about it otherwise I'm bummed. I'm not teaching this one. I think I'm going to do the October, November. I'm sorry, October, December ones. I can't. And I she's don't know. lucky because Monty's going to be there. Yeah, he's yeah. going to. He's usually at most of those. Is he? Most of the horse sense and healing. Yeah, and you know they totally volunteer their time in the farm. Uh, he does all of that for free. They'll never tell you that, but I'll tell you that they it's completely free for all of the participants. And Monty donates oh, for, and volunteers for the horse sense and healing. Mm-hmm. People? Yep. Wow. Well, Lunch by the way, is... Angie, you got to go into town. If you've never been in Solvang, that's another it's... thing you have to do. <laughs> yeah, Glenn likes these weird donut things. I don't really care about Solvang. I'd rather just stay on the farm, but she will. They're going to be staying in Solvang. Oh, will they? Oh, yeah. It's just a cute little... It's a different town. That's for sure. It's different. It's a tourist trap, but I don't know how touristy it is right now. Oh, I'm so seeing her message. Oh, Angie, you're going to have so much fun. Don't be nervous. It is like the, it's just an amazing weekend, an amazing experience, and you're going to love it. 
There you go. See, and what will they do on that? Will they do the join up and the whole thing? Yeah. So on here, I'll give you a little picture of what you're going to do. It's some, some classroom time. I can't remember if it's Friday. I think it starts on Friday. Well, it's Friday. Tomorrow, so yes. Yeah, so she'll go tomorrow. So Friday, uh, it's a lot of classroom time and we talk and we play some games and get to know our, our friends and, and fellow participants and the volunteers and the, the supporters. Cause a lot of people will bring a supporter, like mothers will bring daughters or dad, dads bring sons or husbands will bring wives or whatever, everybody. Uh, but then some people come by themselves and you'll find a, an amazing group of your new best friends. So some classroom time and then you'll go on a tour of the farm. Um, and with, I usually Diane takes you on a tour of the farm, which is super fun. Diane or Joanne and the food, they provide breakfast and lunch and then dinner, I think is provided for you guys as well. Uh, you'll do a lot of hands-on on Friday with brushing and grooming and learning how to kind of move the horses around. And then because Saturday, a lot of the people there, unlike her are not horse people, right? Yeah. You know, most people, I mean, have never touched a horse. So it's a lot, you know, like there's a lot of people who get anxiety just walking up to them. But once you actually lay your hand on one, you're, it's, it makes you feel better. Now we only use the best and safe horses for these clinics. So it's not like you're going to have a, a little quarter horse monster like I had this morning. So anyway, yeah. And then you'll do, we'll walk you through the join up because Monty's there. He'll probably do some join up demos for you. So you'll get to watch him do the join ups. It's going to be awesome. He is the most open and honest and just interesting person. And he genuinely cares and he will talk for hours. So just be ready to just be in awe and listen to him uh, sit down and just tell you, tell you stories. He's so amazing. And then, uh, you'll do some join ups on Saturday afternoon, um, by yourself and then we'll help you through them. And then Sunday you'll have a, have a perfect one. The first one's never, the first one always like, you're like, what is going on? What am I doing? Where am I? I mean, you're a horse person, so maybe you won't, but it, it'll be super fun. You'll love it. Yay. Cool. Did it, and you said they stay at a hotel in Solvang. Is that what they do? It's a house actually that they all stay at. I've never actually been to it um, because they don't let me go. <laughs> I just stay on the farm, but it's uh, all the, the veterans will stay at a place together and there's a big oh, cookout cool on Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. And so it's really fun. And, and the supporters that are there, if you're lucky enough to have Jerry there, he is just get to know him. He's just amazing. There's just some awesome people that are involved in it. Uh, pretty much everything. Everybody is, um, I say pretty much everybody there. You'll get to know Pat. There's a lunch up at the house on Sunday. So you get to go to Monty's house and look around the saloon and hang out. Oh, I'm, uh, I want to go. I'm see, getting in my Wait plane. till you see Monty's house too. Some of the, uh, oh. and Pat's artwork and everything. It's just crazy. I hope Angie's listening to this feed. I know. She better be. I will tell her, right? Make a note on there for her to listen to the post show. Uh, we need okay. to tell her to do that. Uh, also, I put, I don't know if you said us. So this is what the, I didn't get a chance to talk to the auditors about this the other day. But uh, so I go to the surgeon. I heard from the surgeon's office. I go on the 23rd for my pre-surgery appointment. And then I asked them how backed up they were. And they said, oh, we're not backed up at all. So it looks like I'll be having the surgery in October. Um, and I did, uh, I did put a survey up. Of course, you can never find anything you put up in the auditor room because there's so many posts. But I put a survey up asking, uh, because you're taking a week off for your clinic in October, and then I, I'm going to 
have two weeks off for my surgery. And I said, should we do it together and then put up best ofs? Which would the auditors prefer? And the auditors are so nice. They all said pretty much we want uh, to you to be off at separate times and have co-hosts and new episodes, but do whatever's best for you. I mean, there must have been a, oh, here we go. It was 142 votes for take separate time off with fill in co-hosts and do new episodes <laughs> and 17 votes for take off together. But then almost everybody wrote, but uh, you, you, but do what's ever good for you guys. Do it, you know, be safe. We want you Aww. to be healthy. So that was very nice. They all want new episodes, but, but with the but. You know, but and uh, you asked me to do this and we kind of knew what the results were going to be. But I thought, well, that'd be interesting to see what the results are. I think we're probably going to try and do that. I'm not probably going to have a lot of say in when my surgery is. It's going to be when the doctor can do it. So um, with, there might be some best subs and there might be some co-hosts. So I've already had a lot of people volunteering to co-host, too. So we shouldn't have any trouble with that. And uh, we already have J- uh, Jennifer and jemmy on standby to produce those shows they will not be live if if we do shows where i'm not here then they probably will not be live <clears throat> just because it's too complicated jemmy can't do it from her house and it's too complicated for jennifer to fuss with with everything else and don't ask me <laughs> uh, yeah That's you hilarious. can't do it from your house you don't have four computers set up at your house so you can't, no. you can't do it for your house either and uh i i'm ordering the marmite today so you should be getting it at your house in another week or so so what then about the we'll, Vegemite? Or Vegemite. That's what I meant. Vegemite. Well, then what about the Marmite? Well, I'm ordering both. I'm going to order both because we need to test both. Okay. We, we need to do both because otherwise we'll have one group or the other pissed at us. Because one group or the other says the other's better. So not only we'll see if we like either or if we like one or the other. And then we'll, we'll make sure we broadcast which day that's going to be. And we'll, we'll put that section of the show out on Facebook Live. I think that'd be fun in the auditor room. So oh. the auditors can watch live. You have to bring your toaster up to your desk um, to toast to toast. And then we'll get our, our little helper from down there in uh, Australia on with us. And we'll, we'll do our taste test. We haven't done a taste testing in the show in so long. The last time I remember making you taste something on camera, I was recording you trying tofu. It was so awful. Like, oh sort God, of like I lint chocolate. It. I had it for dinner last night. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> so what's what's your, you, is lint your favorite chocolate? You know, to be completely honest, uh, I don't really eat chocolate. Yeah, you don't eat a lot of chocolate, do you? But I definitely don't eat like... American chocolate. Like I, I love those. Um, like anytime I do go out of country, I will be like European chocolates are the best. And then I have had so many, uh, friends like at Monty's place, all of the other instructors are in inter- international. So when I would be at Monty's, uh, they would have all these chocolates. And so, yeah, you definitely get spoiled to good chocolate. Yeah, I do like, I just don't like lint. I like some of the other chocolates. See, but at night. Ghirardelli, I can eat Ghirardelli all day. When we go to bed, uh, you know, you go, Chad wants a piece of like something sweet before bed. And if I had my choice, I'll eat saltine crackers a bit. Because I want something salty, so I, I'm just not a. You're sweets not a big person. sweets person, and I, I'm like Chad. I have to have at least something chocolate. Something like, why don't you ever buy? And I was like, I don't, because I do. I see them in the store, and I don't want them. So tell me what you want me to buy, and I'll Godiva buy them. ice cream. Oh, so good, so good. I feel myself get fatter right when you said that. <laughs> it is very, very fatty, which is what makes it so good. It's probably full of corn syrup too. Godiva ice cream. Oh. I didn't even know that was a oh, thing. Oh, yeah. They have Godiva. <laughs> oh, yeah. Godiva Glenn. ice cream is excellent. 
Yes. China. Yes. I'm worried about you. All right. Uh, that's it for today. I'm, I'm going to go back and get some other work done. Uh, and God, be careful out there. I don't know if you saw that picture Emily posted in the auditor room. Just scroll down a little. It's so red. It's weird. Mm. Uh, I don't know how they're breathing at all. Anyway, and the horses, it can't be good for the horses either. Everybody be safe. Oh, my gosh. It's just terrifying to even think about. I mean, fire is just just an ender. So Yeah, well, if we could help in any way, let us know, okay? We'll try and – we have a lot of contacts. We can try and help if we can. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye.